Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Confidence starts with loving who you are. And when your skin feels nourished and glows on the outside, you naturally radiate confidence from the inside. Give your skin a glow up with Osea's clinically proven Mega Moisture Duo. This ultra-hydrating body care features two of Osea's bestsellers, Andaria Algae Body Oil and Andaria Collagen Body Lotion. These seaweed-powered heroes use skincare-level ingredients normally reserved for your face for results you can see and confidence you can feel. Osea has been making clean, clinically proven seaweed-infused face and body care products for over 28 years. This luxurious skincare is vegan, cruelty-free, and climate-neutral certified, so you never have to choose between your values and your best skin. Glow from the inside out. Get 10% off your first order with code GLOW at OseaMalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A Malibu.com, code GLOW. Welcome to the Julia Hartley Brewer Daily. If you've missed any of my talk radio breakfast show, don't worry. We've put some of the punchiest bits of this morning's show into a bite-sized podcast, the Julia Hartley Brewer Daily. Enjoy. Right now, let's talk to a professor of virology at the University of Nottingham, uh, Jonathan Ball, who joins us. Good morning to you, Jonathan. Good morning. Now, let, let's just start from basics here. It's quite clear that the advice has changed. Now, some people are calling it a government U-turn. Uh, some are saying this is just exactly what the government said and the chief advisers were saying would happen in the coming days, but it's happening sooner than they expected. We're happening, you know, talking about our self-isolating, stopping non-essential travel, ending mass gatherings and the like. No doubt, I, I think it's very unlikely that uh, schools will still be uh, open in a week's time. Um, do you believe that the government is doing the right thing because we are behaving very differently and have been in, in the last few weeks to what's been happening in, say, Italy, in France, Spain, Germany and elsewhere? Do you think the government is following the right path? Well, I think this is the, the critical window at the moment as to whether or not people really do modify their behaviours. Um, and if, if they do um, enact social distancing, if they, they do prevent having social gatherings, going to the pub, etc., then, then no doubt the government will hope that that's sufficient. Um, unfortunately, if they continue, as, as before, business as usual, then I guess what, what might have to happen is more stringent, more draconian measures being introduced to limit the amount that people can, can mingle and, and yeah. interfere. I mean, a lot of this does seem to be based on trust in a way that it's not for the, the French. Macron said, look, we're putting, you know, there's going to be a curfew, we're putting police, military on the streets, uh, you, know, you must follow these orders. Whereas from Boris Johnson yesterday, I'm from Sir Patrick Valance and Chris, Professor Chris Whitty, the uh, medical officer and chief scientific advisor, it was, it was advisory. But should it be advisory, given that there are going to be people who are going to ignore that advice? Well, I, I suspect there's a little bit of shenanigans as well in that if, if you have some kind of, if it's advisory, then it means that it's on people's own free will to, to do things. Um, you know, I'm in a personal position where somebody I know is planning a, a family wedding and what do they do? Because at the moment, if they cancel that wedding, then they have to pick up all the all the cost of that, etc. Um, whereas 
if there are legal frameworks in place, then presumably insurers would have to cough up if those events were cancelled. So, uh, you know, I, I don't know how much of it is down to free will, how much of it is with keeping one eye on the um, economy and, and expecting us all to pick up a fraction of the bill that this is inevitably going to cost. Um, let's also talk about um, new evidence that's uh, come out from the Imperial College London COVID-19 response team. Um, a report was published by them on Monday night, and by all accounts, this is the uh, the work that has been advising not just the British government but also uh, other governments uh, across Europe and around the world uh, and this was the realisation that this disease was spreading at a rate and causing deaths at a rate that the government's mitigation uh, policy, the idea that you would uh, you know, limit the impact of the coronavirus pandemic by you know, encouraging the most elderly and vulnerable to, to, to self-isolate, uh, everyone else would sort of you know, wash our hands, keep away from close physical contact but otherwise carry on as normal as long as we could uh, to um, uh, allow the disease to spread enough that we could eventually develop a herd immunity. We would go into quarantine only at the critical point. It would appear from this report that was published last night, which was seen by the government in advance, obviously, uh, that they had to shift from that strategy uh, to suppress the outbreak, i.e. we've got to stay in our homes because otherwise hundreds of thousands of deaths uh, would result and health systems, particularly intensive care units in the NHS, would be over overwhelmed many times over. Some of the graphs that are contained in those documents are frankly terrifying when you look at the, the, the different peaks and what could happen with different measures. But along the whole, every single graph, you can see a line of which is the very, very low line, well below uh, the actual likely need for intensive care, um, which is the NHS ability to provide intensive care. Um, the government has moved to this strategy and will move, no doubt, to enforce the strategy in the days ahead because the NHS is not going to be able to cope and people will die as a result. That's, that's, the, that's the long and short of it, isn't it, Jonathan? It, it is. And, and remember, these models um, have been in place for a long time, trying to second guess what's going to happen with the, with the outbreak. And unfortunately, models are only as good as the assumptions that are made. And unfortunately, we also lack some very basic scientific understanding of the, the behaviour of the virus, not least... There's been insufficient testing. Uh, you know, we still haven't ramped up the capacity to test because if you know exactly who's spreading virus, how often that's spread, then you can make these models more accurate. And I think they've been caught out um, a little bit. But, but in terms of, you know, the, the, the scenarios, undoubtedly our health service will struggle because uh, at one time, you remember, they were talking about let's try and get to this herd immunity mark, which is about 66% of the population infected. That's around 35 million people. Uh, and unfortunately, the, the toll that, the, or the pressure that, that would put on the NHS is around 330 people of, um, requiring a critical care bed or for every critical care bed that's available. If you spread that over 10 weeks, that's 33 people for every critical care bed. You know, it, it, it's still in, incredible pressure that's going to be... And, and bearing in mind, they don't need a critical care bed for a day. They need it for on average two or three weeks. Well, exactly. You know, so, so you can see that the, the, the NHS simply can't cope. And we're seeing that in Italy, you know, that the... The, the message from Italy some time ago was that this cannot be ignored. And in, indeed, the governments and people, scientists, uh, clinicians in Italy were telling the rest of the world, you know, don't ignore this. Uh, act now rather than waiting to see if you can put something in place when numbers start to pick up. 
I mean, what, what about the issue of testing? The World Health Organization had a press conference very shortly before the government did their latest press conference themselves. And uh, the, the boss of the WHO said his message for every country around the world was test, test, test. Now, there was this idea that in this country that we were stopping testing. We weren't doing enough testing. Uh, yesterday, Sir Patrick Vallance and uh, Professor Chris Whitty were, were keen to point out they've been doing uh, you know, 44,000 tests. We've actually done far more tests than most other countries, given uh, how few uh, cases we've had. I think 44,000 tests carried out so far. Uh, and again, uh, only a very small fraction of those have turned out to be positive. Uh, in, in, which, in which case, is there an argument that we, we, we are doing okay on that front. They're going to expand testing, they think, to 4,000 a day, 10,000 a day soon. But certainly, you know, the message that's gone out from the medics has been, look, someone like me and my daughter, you've got a cough, you should stay at home for two weeks if, if, or, or, or a minimum of seven days if, if you think that's the end of the infection and, and you haven't come in contact with anyone else. And, and, but you won't get a test unless you need to go to hospital. Um, so we'll never find out whether or not I had coronavirus or not or who I might have passed it on to if I do have it. That's got to be an issue isn't it? It's a massive issue and, and it always concerns me if we compare where we are with maybe some of the worst countries like the uh, United States. South Korea was incredibly active with surveillance. They had these drive, drive-in testing stations uh, and if you can significantly ramp up the number of tests that you can, they were doing 10 times more than us which is where the um, a PHE uh, and, and uh, the public health England advisors have, have got that from so Public Health England. But that's aspirational. That's what they hope to do. And, and they're a long way short of that at the moment. And I think they have to look at innovative ways of increasing the capacity. I think PHE needs to release some of its stranglehold on that because it's an incredibly bureaucratic uh, thing. There's lots of red tape. But thankfully, they are relaxing it. It has been relaxed. But again, this could well have been um, achieved some weeks ago, and we'd be, be in a better position because this outbreak, literally days or weeks, is so critical, and, and it, it's, it might seem a, a bit pedantic um, or belligerent to say this, but you know, if these decisions had been made a few a few days, if not a few weeks earlier, then then we'd be in a much brighter position. The position would still be fairly grim. Yeah, I mean, looking better. at looking at health services here, even Italy and Germany, they've got far more critical care beds and and and, and staff per head of the population. They are still facing a, a similar crisis. Professor Jonathan Ball, really appreciate you joining us, Professor of Virology at the University of Nottingham. Talk Radio Breakfast with Julia Hartley Brewer and The Times. Be well informed. Well, let's talk to Dr. Lawrence Buckman now, North London GP, former chair of the BMA GP's committee, who joins us on the line. Good morning, Julia Lawrence. Good morning. Um, Sorry to hear you're not well. Well, yeah, well, I'd say I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I certainly would be in a normal circumstance. I would be at work today. I haven't had a day off sick in four years. Don't intend to start now unless I really have to. Uh, there'll be many people, though, very frightened today of even the first sign of any uh, sort of cough or a fever because they do have those underlying health conditions. Can you explain to us why the government has given the advice it has uh, in, in terms of, OK, you know, we're all, we're all supposed to, whether you're healthy, whether you're young, whatever it is, we're supposed to be working from home wherever possible, stopping non-essential travel, stopping socialising and the like. But specifically the advice for the over 70s, whether healthy or not, the, those with underlying health conditions and the pregnant. Why specifically those groups? Right. Those groups are at greater risk of becoming ill. Now, we don't know about pregnant women. We don't know whether they're at greater risk or not. But because we don't know and because other coronaviruses can affect pregnant women, the government's taken the decision to isolate them as well. But if we deal with the other groups, they're just at greater risk of 
developing a level of symptoms that's going to mean they need intensive care. So that's the concern, is that actually they are more likely to need the critical care that we simply don't have. Um, yes. um, now, I mean, again, particularly a worry for pregnant women. Again, there hadn't been thought that that was a particular concern. I have to say one of my concerns I was thinking yesterday was we know when there's a blackout um, just for a couple of days uh, and people are at, uh, at home, we know that we end up with a baby boom nine months later. This has, been, this has happened in every country ever that's ever happened. If we are all holed up at home... Um, People can't go out. I think we realistically, we can predict a very big baby boom. Uh, that baby boom will be happening, um, the first wave of it, uh, come this Christmas, when we may well be in the middle of a not only the usual winter crisis, uh, but, but dealing with the second wave, as many people think, of, of the coronavirus uh, hitting huge swathes of the population. This is a real concern, isn't it? It is a huge concern. Um, let's just assume that pregnant women have no greater risk than anybody else. If that were the case, there would be a large number of babies being born in hospitals that didn't have the capacity to manage those births. And if any of those babies themselves needed intensive care for other reasons like babies do sometimes, yeah. um, the facilities would not be of as available as they are today. This is not a time to be getting pregnant, basically. It's not a great time to be getting pregnant, no. No. But, um, can, but, can, we also... can I just emphasise? Yes, please. This, this thing about pregnancy is a precautionary decision there is no good evidence that mothers and babies are at greater risk compared to zika virus say it's not like zika Okay. We can I also, can I also just ask you about this report published by the Imperial College London COVID-19 response team? Uh, it was apparently one of the bits of evidence that was put to the government, which meant that they ramped up their advice and again brought forward their advice in terms of us uh, stopping non-essential travel, ending socialising, yeah. working from home wherever possible. Uh, and this is the idea uh, that actually, A, the peak is coming faster than they expected, uh, but also uh, the idea that mitigation, uh, which is what we've been trying to do, would lead to too many deaths, hundreds of thousands of deaths and we're moving to suppress now the government the government says there isn't really you know there's no specific change in policy it's not a u-turn it's something they predicted they may have to get to but they've realized that suppressing i.e us all staying indoors not coming into contact with each other is the only way we're going to prevent mass deaths on you know hundreds of thousands but also the nhs becoming totally overwhelmed do you concur with that yeah i absolutely agree with that yes i've 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 uh heard the report today um, in detail by the guy that wrote it and it, it's clear that if we didn't move to more aggressive suppression the number of deaths would be higher uh, than if we do and this is all about keeping people safe and the trouble with statistical modeling is of course it's dealing with huge populations you're not saying to the individual you personally are at more or less risk and so what they're doing is trying to flatten the curve even more. Now, what happens when you flatten it is you stretch it out. You don't ultimately mean that the number of people who get it will be many less, but you, they'll get it much, much slower. And as a result, the numbers requiring intensive care at any moment will be less. And that's the thing they're trying to do. And and this is the uh, this is the problem, isn't it? Is actually, you know, we don't have a vaccine for this virus no. um, at, at the current time. And now it looks like we could be eighteen months away. There'll be breakthroughs that you know billions are going to be thrown at this around the world. This is going to be the number one thing that every uh, pharmaceutical company, every government, every expert is going to be working on. But 
I think this is the this is the reality that's dawning on us. This isn't, oh, we're going to have to have a couple of weeks at home and, and some people are going to lose their jobs and that's a shame. And yes, there are going to be some elderly people who die. And well, that's awful, but you know, the rest of us will be okay. We are talking about the possibility of lockdown to all intents and purposes of our, of our lives of, and our economy for up to 18 months right now. It's almost, it's almost impossible to get our heads around that. Well, I think there are several things that are going to happen during that 18 months. There are experiments going on with antiviral medication uh, to see whether, whether the current crop of antiviral drugs, probably in combination, will make any difference to the outcome. And those, there, there are trials going on at the moment, particularly in Thailand. Now, they can't yield results that quickly, and they're not being safety tested yet, so we're a long way off those being available. And the other thing is that there is, the Americans have now got an experimental vaccine, but of course they're only just starting to test that on human volunteers, let alone safety test it. And you have to safety test these things. You can't just go sticking these things in people. So we're probably looking, as you say, 18 months away is where, where some prospect of something happening is going to start. Okay, thank you very much indeed, Dr. Lawrence Buckman. Uh... Talk Radio Breakfast with Julia Hartley Brewer and The Times. Know your times. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Lord Digby Jones, former Director General of the CBI. Good morning to you. Well, good morning, Julia. And uh, can I just congratulate you on uh, 
if you may say, the Dunkirk spirit. <laughs> well, I think we're yeah. all going to have to show. Do you know what? I, I think a lot of us right now, it's a time when we do need to be uh, thanking our lucky stars. If we do have, look, I've got a bit of a cough. I mean, you know what? I'm, I'm, I'm healthy. I'm youngish. I'm going to be fine. I say, I think a lot of people like Andre worrying about people who are elderly, worrying about people who are poorly. My heart goes out to women right now who are pregnant, who when they do have their baby, they're worried about their own health now. When they do have their baby, they're not going to be able to, you know, have mum there, you know, and, 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 and people who have to cancel. Yeah. Yeah. Weddings, I mean, people, people who are genuinely whose lives are being really devastated by this. Yeah, so uh, well, and it's it's going to change a lot of people's social and work life behaviour yeah. forever, actually, because people will discover other ways of doing things and find that certain things suit them. It will be things which people have to tolerate and then go back to normal afterwards, but uh, in another way. But I, for instance, am talking to you from home. Because uh, this morning I was having a board meeting of one of my companies and we're going to hold it by telephone at nine o'clock and um, so that people don't have to travel in. They don't have to go on a train and, and mix with social mix yeah. with people. And um, uh, it, it is achievable. Is it as good as looking at people in the eye? No. Is it good to keep the business on the road? You bet it is. And it sets an example that you can actually do things. Um, and, and use this wonderful technology uh, as you are this morning as well. And I, yeah. I, um, I, I think I was just listening to you guys, <clears throat> to you guys then. And I, I um, my, my moment I think was twofold. One was I thought Boris Johnson's address last night was first class. And um, I do think that the chief scientific officer and the chief medical officer are doing really well. I think they're very good communicators. They are calm, but they are. A, a hint of hey we understand this guy sort of thing they're not aloof and i um i think it all hit home for me pat and i sat and watched that last night and all of it live and i think that was my moment but i think i think the entire nation was watching that hour-long press conference well look let's talk about what he had to say and then what an hour or so later president macron had to say in france now we, we know that uh that france like germany like spain following on from italy much closer we know now that the uk is now three weeks not four weeks behind london far ahead uh, almost half of the 55 deaths so far have been in london london further ahead than the rest of the country um Macron went a lot further. We've, we've seen you know, him, him announcing measures, uh, banning people from you know, non-essential travel, military deployed to the streets, uh, enforcing no mass, uh, no schools and schools to close, no mass gatherings, no going to the, to the bars, to the restaurants. Do you think that the government, A, needs to go further on that um, just to, to actually make sure we are safe, but also B, needs to bring that in to save those businesses which currently are seeing no footfall, cinemas, restaurants, theatres having to close down, but unable to claim on their insurance uh, because of course it's it's a voluntary thing right now rather than mandatory yeah i think that's an excellent point i think you can distinguish between the two um uh, we are uh, as boris put it yesterday a liberal democracy the brits are very good in a crisis um historically in all sorts of ways um just a national trait is we do actually suck it up and get on with it and and so this is no different i think it appeals to that whereas um, and I don't say this in any denigratory way. Uh, people deal with their problems differently, but you will find that the French, uh, the Spanish, the Italians deal with things differently and a lot more reaction behavior. And I repeat, that is not an insult. That is just a different way they deal with it. But um, uh, and, and so I think you get the best out of the Brits if you say, hey, come on, let's pull this together. You know this makes sense. Let's do it for each other rather than having it done to you. But realistically, I mean, there are going to be people who are ignoring it. There are still people planning point, well, on a night out well, in the pub on Friday night. Yeah. 
you know, there's two, there's, A, you will have people who ignore it, but not many. But the biggest reason from a business point of view is your point then about insurance, which is that you can't, if it's voluntary, it's a bit like do you cancel a flight if you're an individual. If you choose to cancel it, you don't get your money back. If they cancel it on you, you do. And, and it's very similar with the business is that, um, for instance, saying don't go to pubs, but the pubs have to keep open, pay staff, and yet no one's in there. Whereas if somebody said you can close, we are closing you, then you can not only claim insurance, but you can lay off people and keep your business going. Uh, it's wrong word, business going. Keep your business integrity going. Yeah. So I, I see the point, but the Brits don't do it that way. And I think it's much better for us to have it come from within, come from within the community and get people to understand that's the way to do it. But am I saying it, it, the next stage won't be a form of uh, compulsion? No, I'm not. And maybe we will see that. What I could just say uh, I, in all my um, I spent all last night and, and I spent early this morning already with various of my companies. We've we're conducting board meetings in different ways. We sent people home. We're planning how other people um, can, from home can do other things that w help the business and do and work the business. There's a lot of things that you can do out with the business. So you're not socializing in the business but you're also doing things which you wouldn't normally do. And we have been impressed, and this is different sectors, different parts of the country, and different sizes of business. We have been enormously impressed with the spirit of the employees who are saying, yeah, we get it. We're here to help. We'll do what we're we going to have to change what we do. Well, there's some talk, you know, you know, some restaurants, some cafes, you know, carry on going, but just become a takeout service. Uh, and and you know, that would work for a while. The problem is, of course, if other people are losing their jobs, people in retail, for instance, they're not going to have the money to order this. Though. Is there yeah, a case yeah. where I mean, Macron announced a 300 billion dollar in total. Um, back up sort of for bailout for business in terms of backing up loans, mortgages, rents and the like, um, and, and taxes unpaid. Is there going to come a point where actually it's going to be cheaper long term for the government? We can borrow very cheaply right now. There's virtually zero interest rates. Right, well, they can, they can uh, borrow to shore up businesses and keep businesses going so that when we do come out of this in hopefully 18 months time, those businesses still exist. Yes. But the, 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 the big problem, and, and the French will find this, in fact, they got previous on this, you can make the grandstand speech. It's whether you can execute it and get it down into the trench quickly enough, effectively enough to make the difference. And if you look at the current ways to market to get that done, uh, I, I would like to see if you're an individual and you're being told by your employer, I'm not going to lay you off, but what, uh, wrong word, I'm not going to make you redundant, but I'm not paying you, or I am paying you, but only half. And in one of my companies, we've actually said, we're going to pay you 75% of your wages. But by the way, the 25, we're going to store for you. And next year, when it all comes back, it's your money and we'll give it you when cash flow allows. In other words, yeah. not, not cut it now. That person will say, I'm with you, I understand, I've got my job, thank you, the business will survive, but how do I tell that to my building society who wants the money at the end of the month for the mortgage? And the answer is, the government should say to that building society or bank, you will not look, up, look to these people for that money, you will store it up as well, and we will guarantee it will be all right. So yeah. the government help should come not by way of writing a cheque to the business, but for the individual, making sure that they can guarantee. And from the point of view of the business, 
then there are three ways in which business pays government every month. They pay the PAYE. They've deducted from the um, employer employee. They pay the national insurance. They've deducted from the employee. And they pay VAT that they've taken from the customer. And then every six months, if you're self-employed, you pay income tax from your business. And if you're a limited company, you pay corporation tax from your business. Now, those are ways in which currently the government get cash from the business. And especially small businesses where cash flow is so acute, the, co- the government could make a reality of saying we'll put loads of money into this, not by writing the cheque, but by not collecting money that's in the business economy already. That now, could make a, that, real, a real it difference, make, couldn't it? it would make, uh, I tell you, Julie, that would make such a difference. And that would be real help immediately. It would have an immediate effect. And instead of the grandstanding speech of we will, you know, together give you all this money, I'm not being funny about this, but in 24 hours, it'll make a serious difference. Absolutely. Lord Digby-Jones, always appreciate you joining us, uh, former Director General of the CBI there. Thanks for listening to the Julia Hartley Brewer Daily. If you liked what you heard, please subscribe and give me a good review. And don't forget to catch me on the Talk Radio Breakfast Show every weekday from 6.30 until 10. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Confidence starts with loving who you are. And when your skin feels nourished and glows on the outside, you naturally radiate confidence from the inside. Give your skin a glow up with Osea's clinically proven Mega Moisture Duo. This ultra-hydrating body care features two of Osea's best sellers, Andaria Algae Body Oil and Andaria Collagen Body Lotion. These seaweed-powered heroes use skincare-level ingredients normally reserved for your face for results you can see and confidence you can feel. Osea has been making clean, clinically proven seaweed-infused face and body care products for over 28 years. This luxurious skincare is vegan, cruelty-free, and climate-neutral certified, so you never have to choose between your values and your best skin. Glow from the inside out. Get 10% off your first order with code GLOW at oseamalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A-Malibu.com, code GLOW.